Hey peoples, what's up? I know, I know, it's been a while since the last episode of the Backstage Cowboys podcast, but hey, I'm a busy man, what can I say? In case you haven't noticed, this is showbiz, things are moving. Speaking of which, if you're thinking of getting into the technical side of showbiz, for God's sakes, do it. We need you. There's a bad shortage of good techs out there. On another note, I've been getting a lot of compliments for the quality of this podcast, and I'm flattered. I'm going to take a few seconds and explain my modest setup here. Not very complicated. I usually talk to my guests over Zoom, unless we meet in person, which has been rare lately. And I have my computer hooked up through a USB port to a Zoom L12 mixer and recorder. As for my voice, well, I'm talking through a 20-year-old Studio Projects C1 condenser microphone hooked up directly to track one of the Zoom L12 mixer with Phantom Power on, of course. Now what's cool about this mixer is that you don't need an external preamp to sound good, and it's also very affordable. Then I hit record on whatever tracks are getting input, and I also can record my left-right master output as a backup. That's very handy when you're like me and you sometimes hit record on the wrong track. Yep, been there, done that. So, all those tracks are then recorded separately onto an SD memory card, after which I transfer them over to my laptop for final editing. And since my eMagic Logic software is outdated, well, I now use Audacity, and that does the job. So, back to the podcast. Uh, And back to California. Ever heard of the legendary PAR64 bulb being discontinued? Yep, that's a reality. And one might think, well, not a problem. We'll just install LED DMX fixtures and move on. Of course, in most cases, that is the proper solution. But there are some buildings in which rewiring and bringing DMX to the fixtures is very complicated, if not impossible. Today... We're going to talk to some folks who have engineered a solution to that problem. Two brothers from California came up with an LED retrofit unit that pops right into your PAR64 or PAR56 can and runs on your existing dimmers. No install, no cabling, nothing. It's as easy as changing a bulb. I'll let Eli and Wade Novin tell you all about their invention right after this. The Backstage Cowboys podcast is brought to you by AVL Media Group and Avolites, who make the best lighting consoles in the world. If you live in Canada, you now have access to the Avolites Academy online learning platform. The cost is $229, and that includes an editor AvoKey delivered directly to your door. Head on over to BackstageCowboys.com and click on the Avolites Academy logo to get all the details. Now, if you don't live in Canada, well... That means you're in another country. So if you're in the United States, head on over to avolites.us. Anywhere else in the world, just go directly to avolites.com and you'll find all the resources available in your country. And now, let's get on with the show. Here is another episode of the Backstage Cowboys podcast. Hey, I got this tune in my head, and it goes like this. Hey guys, Eli, Wade, how you doing, man? We're good. All right, so glad to have you on the show. It's been a while. Yeah, thanks for uh, having us. I think it was about a couple of years, more than a couple of years ago when we met at the uh, trade show, right? Yeah, we met yes. in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, that was that's right. Yeah. All right, uh, man, I'm I'm very happy to have you on, on the show. We have, uh, you know, I've got a million questions for you because. Uh, obviously, what brought us together was the uh, the fact that you guys came up with a solution for the disappearing PAR64 bulb. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and the PAR56 lamp as well. The bulb, is that that is also even more scarce than the PAR64 at this point in time. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, All right. Well, uh, 
I mean, I don't really have a structure on this podcast. Uh, we talk about whatever, and um, I mean, we we will get into uh, to what you have, what you're offering, the, your product there. Um, what I would like to know is, is you guys, what do you what do you do exactly right now? I mean, you 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 obviously have this company, but are you doing something else also? What's what's your function right now? Yeah, we we have different projects we're involved with. We also do some engineering consulting work for, for various companies in, in, in their, in a related industry, but not obviously not competing. Um, and then uh, we're investigating some uh, other business opportunities with, with some people in the lighting set lighting industry as well. But uh, so we're not only doing this one product, one company. So <laughs> And Eli's doing similar things, but he can speak to that. Yeah, I've I've maintained some some contracting and consulting relationships. I I was in medical devices for for a little while, so I still have some contacts through there, and and mostly in product design, kind of kind of packaging area. But uh, but uh, Wade and I are pretty closely aligned on these other projects too, with the exception mm-hmm. of medical stuff. But uh, but uh, I spend a lot of time doing sales and marketing actually now, so uh, not as much engineering as we started out doing. But we're we're getting back to that with some new ideas that we have. Okay, yeah, yeah coming coming from an engineering background, we're certainly learning learning a lot about marketing. So eventually, maybe that we can hire somebody else to do it for us <laughs> and tell them what to do, you know, based on our experience. But yeah, no, marketing is kind of a new thing. Yeah, that's always a problem when you have your company and you have to do everything yourself. Uh, you, you have, have to, to promote, you have to sell, you have to, you know, do a customer service uh, uh, at some point and, and accounting and whatever. Uh, at some point, you have to decide whether what, what what's that part you want to do and what's what's the part <laughs> right. you want to delegate. <laughs> right, right. Delegate a lot of it, but uh, it's you know we're we're putting the pieces back together after sort of a you know the uh, the obvious hiatus from from all businesses. So you know we're kind of investigating what we want to pay to have done for us, or you know, yeah, uh, what we want to keep keep close to our best, so to speak. So uh, Eli, you mentioned uh, medical equipment. So you were uh, you were doing that. Are you still doing it, or is it is that completely uh, stopped? Um, now? I I've actually the i was working on a product um on a contract job with through a friend actually and and we made we had functional prototypes and then the pandemic kind of shut everything down and and that product is not probably not going to come out um so so at the moment no but i'm i'm if someone has a project they want to contact me (laughs) that's certainly welcome to so what kind of Um, equipment uh were you working on um i spent some time in the iv pump uh business for a while and then this this was in in an optical uh eye surgery kind of thing um this newest project um so and i i'm not i can't get too much further into that but uh, the specifics of it, but usually these projects are about packaging, um, you know, a marketing, a marketing team will draw a picture on a napkin or on a piece of paper and say, this is what we want. And then <clears throat> the engineering guys will say, sorry, you can't have that. You can have it like this <laughs> mm-hmm. because this is how things are made. And there's a little bit of that going back and forth. And, and it, a lot of the projects are like that, but, the medical device industry is heavily regulated here in the U.S., so you have to, as it should be, so you have to also keep keep those kinds of things in mind, and um, the quality controls are are very high. Um, so it, it's 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 been it's been nice to come from that background because it operates at a very high level of precision and, and quality yeah. and then you can kind of start there and if you get into consumer consumer or industrial commercial products you know it's it doesn't require that high high level of 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 tolerance precision and stuff but you but if you know that you can kind of make decisions about co- you know cost decisions and stuff and say well it doesn't really have to be that 
it has to fit together and has to work and has to look good, but doesn't have to be, you know, uh, at, at that high level. And then the, an even higher level than medical would be aero, obviously aerospace. You know, well, that, which, yeah, which that's I what I was not. thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's 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 good to have that background, but I have to be careful not to get things let things get too crazy and expensive, <laughs> you know, in, in commercial products. So anyway. Yeah. If you want to be competitive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, okay. Let's, let's move on to the, uh, that fabulous, uh, product you guys came up with, uh, which is the, uh, led replacement, uh, for the incandescent bulbs that are disappearing. Um, before we move into that, uh, do you guys uh, mar- uh, manufacture other products, or is you know are you is your focus on that specifically? Well, right now, that's our only product. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're concerned about obviously from a business standpoint, um, and we we're looking into releasing other products. Actually, we had another product that we did release maybe perhaps not the best timing or was a uh, wireless uh, DMX uh, transmitter receiver. Um, yes. Yes. I remember that was another, yeah, it's, it's called DMX air. Mm-hmm. Basically it allows you to instantly make any kind of uh, fixture dimmer, or any kind of anything that receives DMX usually by the wire. So you just plug, plug this wireless solution in and then you can, you know, have that, have that option and that platform uh, in pretty, pretty, pretty simply. Um, and so we're kind of re-releasing it. We're looking at some marketing campaigns there, but so basically the, the, the two led lamp formats, the part 56 and the part 64, are the two main products. And then we, we also have this other DMX there, which is you know kind of a little very different from a light obviously, but it's where we're, that's one of our products. Isn't yeah. It? It's a necessary product though. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of yeah. demand for that. Yeah. For okay. the legacy uh, lights, for the legacy fixtures and the legacy dimmers. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move into that, that product. I'm going to let you describe it as a whole, you know, the, uh, you're, we'll call it, a, we'll call it an invention because it's, I, I, I like the term. <laughs> um, I'm going to let you describe that. And, uh, and I'll obviously yeah. have questions for you after that. You want, yeah, basically the idea and motivation behind the PARD lamp replacements was that I was doing small lighting shows. And, you know, if I showed up with eight PARD cans at 500 watts or 1,000 watts, I'd start blowing circuits in like, you know, a small venue. You know, they didn't have the power drops and that was very expensive to get that. So anyway, I thought, well, I would just buy some LED lamps. I mean, somebody's got to make these things, right? I didn't, when I, this was four or five, maybe six years ago. No one seemed to make them. I was kind of surprised anyway. So I just took it upon myself to kind of make, make some, I figured I can kind of take the ball, you know, the led bulbs they have at home Depot. I, I kind of found an article about the circuit and what technology they're kind of using. I said, Oh, well maybe I can just scale it up to a reasonable level to, to have a, something I could put in these park cans. Cause they, but anyway, uh, so it was sort of an invention out of necessity, as some as some of them as a lot of them are, and then um, we just took took a chance and we we made five hundred of them without a single sale, <laughs> you know, because five hundred seemed to be the uh, it, it five hundred was a good number to get the discounts, you know, the 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 the, qu- the quantity discounts on parts and oh, and, yeah. and and the pieces to make it, you know, anything less and you're paying twice as much to to make them, so. We said, look, we'll take a chance. And and I think we had one guy who was committed to buying 10 units or something. And and I, I figured, well, I mean, there's millions of these park cans out there. You know, it's, it's, somebody's got to buy them at least. And then uh, we found a market that we had no idea had these lamps. And it was the church and architectural market. Because I was I was more in from the entertainment, you know, the rock and roll, the stage and, and some, not the theater to some extent, but not really, you know, I was like, yeah, they, they, I know they have them in theaters, but uh, anyway, that, that was the motivation and our initial target, our initial a- anticipated market was the, you know, rock and roll uh, live sound market, but that actually hasn't been a bulk of our sales. But again, yeah, our, our, we're, we're really into the, um, uh, I'll call it the architectural market. Well, yeah, 
Um, I'm just going to take a pause here for a second. I'd just like to ask you to just be careful with your hands because when you uh, when you touch oh. your desk, your computer oh. goes tuk 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 tuk, and I hear it oh, through oh, the microphone. Okay. Okay, sorry yeah. about that. More often than not, I don't take the time to do that, and then when I start doing the final uh, the, the final right. editing, I go, "Oh God, I should have <laughs> I should have said something." Oh, I, I, I won't touch the desk at all. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> eh? <laughs> oh, okay. So um, let's get into the details of that product. Uh, so my experience, because I've I've had a chance to um, to to try out your lamp and and to demo it. Um, my experience is simply open the can, remove the bulb, put that in, put the dimmer back on and yes. shut the lamp and you're done. Um, yeah, basically that was the design goal was to just have something that was a drop in replacement that didn't require modifying the fixture or any, any, uh, installed dimming systems or wiring systems. So yeah, we, that's why we went with the, uh, mobile plug is part of the 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 um fixture itself so they didn't really even have to change the plug inside the lamp yeah but that's that was the that was the goal to just be simple because you know a lot of a lot of people don't have time or the staff or whatever to change wires and then you know you get into all sorts of what 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 wire to use what plug to use so it was like let, let's just make it Plug and play. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your case, it's really plug and play. It's uh, right. yeah. You remove the bulb, you put that in, you plug it in, right, right. shut the shut the fixture, and and that's it. So that's that's the uh, mechanical part. Now, if we go into the artistic part, uh, which is uh, beam size, and, and so I know you have different types of lenses, which is basically a cone that that you that you swap out. To make different beam sizes, and I, I know I noticed you have the long cone and the and the short cone. Can you explain yeah. the difference between those two? What's uh, what, what's how yeah, does that affect the output? Well, so so from my perspective, being a mechanical engineer, it's a packaging problem. So, you know, the goal at the beginning was to package it in the same size envelope as the original bulb, right? Mm -hmm. So we and then the other the other Thing you look at from a business perspective is what can we take what quality components can we take off the shelf you know we're not going to make our own reflectors i mean that's a significant investment in tooling and technology so we looked at a the led emitter uh unit and the reflector as a as a as a system right mm -hmm. um so those are a matched system by two very well-respected global suppliers. Um, the, the, and then of course we want to maximize the output <laughs> which in that form factor. So um, that's sort of the, the basis of this, what we looked at. And we looked at a lot of reflectors. We looked at a lot of LED emitters, including some that would have required three or four emitters to be mounted on the plate. And then you have to kind of put that you have four emitters, so now you have to somehow put that those four beam outputs back together into a into a cohesive um, field, light field. So anyway, um, we landed on this set of reflectors, and the short ones. I mean, again, it's a packaging thing. So a lot of parkans we found, including the ones we had for testing, have this mesh yeah. screen yeah. in front of it. So the short set of reflectors will fit behind the mesh screen because it doesn't get any larger than the old bulb. Mm -hmm. um, but the the way ray lights work, the, the way light rays work, if you have a shorter length reflector, you don't you don't maintain you don't collect as much of the light output from the emitter. So the emitter by itself with no reflector is like 120 degree beam angle. It's huge. Um, so with a short reflector, you know, some of that's still gonna be lost sideways or out yeah. um but again we we it, it's it's straightforward because these are off-the-shelf parts to offer them all to the customer um however if you if you use the taller reflector you can get a tighter beam angle um so that's really the the motivation there is just to provide as many options um as we can uh without getting into custom stuff um 
so so the supplier the manufacturer the reflector offers that as part of their package to go with the emitter so we you know we offer it to the to the customer um we have found that and 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 getting back to the packaging the taller if you have a short uh, power can or a short architectural fixture the taller reflector will stick out in front of it mm-hmm. and some people don't don't like that aesthetic you know they don't want to see see that um now now we did look at reflectors with an even tighter beam angle and we did find one that that can go down to 10 degrees uh but the reflector is i think the output of the cone diameter is like nine inches it's huge (laughs) so the narrower the because you because we have a 30 millimeter diameter led emitter uh, the narrower the beam angle, the bigger the reflector has to be. So, yeah. you know, it, the, that that 10 degree reflector is is about six inches deep and about nine inches at, at the exit diameter. So it won't fit inside of a parking. <laughs> so oh, that, that's kind of it's the, uh, okay. It's the width of the of the reflector that that becomes a problem. You're right. Right. So, so. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying in that one particular reflector that that this uh, that is an off the shelf product. Yeah, it was eight inch. It was quite large, too large for parking. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, I mean, that being said, we we have this kind of standard offering of of beam angles. But if someone wants something bigger or wider, in fact, we can get up to a hundred degree reflector we can get down to 10 degrees and you know it, we always encourage people to ask you, you never know we can come up with because we're the owners we're the manufacturers we're the engineers if you want to do something you know we'll try to make it happen for you definitely there's no okay there's so no there's, yeah there's always a customizing uh possibility there sure sure yeah. i mean that's that's you know our goal is to solve at the the end of the day and i'll tell you one thing i I ran into that mesh problem in a par can and uh, that's when i realized okay the shorter uh cones but i I wasn't exactly sure why a set of shorter ones and why a set of longer ones because i had obviously all the options since i have a demo fixture um and now i now i understand that okay so you thought of that mesh thing which actually could easily be cut out because at this point there's no danger in broken glass falling on anybody correct that's that's correct and we do i i believe we have that in our literature you know that that if you have the mesh screen you're welcome you know it's of course up to you but you could take it out they they actually pop a lot of them times they're they're tack welded in or or just pressed fit in and they just pop right out so you know again it's it's about providing options at a reasonable cost and 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 that's that's a part of that okay. methodology you know so I'd like and i talk. i noticed that when when i when i was designing when we were doing the packaging design and you look at it on the computer you can see oh wait a minute it's not gonna fit <laughs> we, we, we gotta Surprise. we gotta look at that so yeah yeah better to see it at the, on the computer first and not after you've made you know a thousand of these things so. yeah i'd like to talk about that um that centerpiece this sort of frost that snaps into the cone um before you, yeah, you insert that, it in front of the LED. Uh, what's the function of that piece? That um, again, that's part of the system that is that is re- offered by the maker of the reflector reflector set. Um, it is a diffuser, so it does give you a little bit of. I don't think there's a real hard edge uh, on the reflectors, but it does. That that's what it's called, and that's what its function is: is to sort of diffuse i mean the led array is very there's a you know if you look at some led arrays you'll get some um fringing or or refra- um interference effects yeah. around the corners so it's supposed to smooth that over i think that led array is so large that you may not notice it anyway um but uh that's its main function is to provide a little bit of diffusion and then also to kind of protect the led from from a finger or whatever well, yeah, going into it, you know, that's, that's, they, they will, if you, if it gets hit, hit with a object, a screwdriver or something, it will damage the, the elements itself. So um, generally we, I mean, we ship one with every unit. We generally suggest 
people use it, but uh, it, it's it's a optional in a sense. So. Well, have you tried uh, testing it out without, with and without that piece? Yes. Uh, the yes. diffuser? Yeah. What do you prefer? Uh, yeah. It, um, I, because I, because we have to support the product after we ship it, I prefer people use it. <laughs> yeah, because of course. Of <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, I, I am, I don't notice a huge difference. Um, and I, but, uh, you know, I haven't looked, I haven't taken a close look at how that works. And I think, um, I, to me, it doesn't make a huge, a huge difference. I don't think it's changing the, the color quality of the light. I don't think it's shifting it mm-hmm. at all in terms of the, in terms right. of the color, color temperature. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a good question. We, we, you, you, I'd be I'd be interested in hearing what you think. After well, uh, yeah, I've I've done several tests with the, with the fixture in the past, and uh, and I am going to uh, do a couple more. You know, now that I'm, I'm I'm I've got a different application now. I'm going to test it out at uh, at an eighty foot throw. So uh, it'll be interesting to try with and without. See see how that comes out. Sure. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's a little bit of. I think it's a few percent of output loss because you're going through a, you know, you're obviously you're projecting through a piece of plastic, but other than that, I don't think it's, it's, um, doing anything other than a little bit of diffusion, you know, a little bit of, of softening the, the individual led diodes, you know, that are in that array. Um, it's, it's going to smooth that out a little bit, but, and and let's talk about the array. So, what kind of array is it? How many dots is there, or how, how's what's the structure of the LED itself? That's a good question. How many? There's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> right. It's it's what's called a chip on board. Yeah. Um, Cobb. So there's a there's a large array of individual emitters, and actually, if you dim it down uh, to very very low, you could see you can see it. If you take the reflector off. Oh. Um, you could actually see the, the individual, um, emitters. I, I don't, I could look that up, but I don't have the, I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, it's on the order of a few dozen, I would say, based on looking at yeah, the yeah. specifically, but there's quite a few, yeah. All right. So let's talk about the quality of dimming. I've, I've had a chance to try them out. Um, I noticed that there's, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive, you know, the, the quality of dimming and how you're, you're able to, uh, you, you don't, you don't see it, you know, uh, you don't see the steps, uh, really, obviously, because we're dealing with voltage here. Um, but what were the technical challenges to get an LED to react with that kind of quality to a, a, a regular dimmer? Um, and, and I understand that at the beginning when the, the, the fixture is totally off, so your dimmer is at zero, and then you need some kind of power to get the thing to, to start, right? So how do yeah. you deal with that, and how were you able to get such quality dimming? Well, we, we used it, uh, a manufacturer's part, off again, off the shelf that kind of c- controls and regulates the LED, uh, so basically, it converts the uh, dimming uh, on time. So the dimmer, a traditional dimmer works by basically delaying the on time of the uh, power to, to the lamp uh, on each cycle. So we have a, a AC current, I won't get too technical, but basically it interprets the dimming signal of, of a traditional dimmer designed for a traditional filament lamp and it, it, it interprets that signal and converts it into a current level or power level for the LED. So it's, it's a pretty smooth analog type of function uh, all the way up from zero to 100. But basically, yes, you have to, there's a little trickery, trickery and electronic black magic involved <laughs> with, with taking a, a typical system for filament lamps and converting it into what LEDs like, and that would be direct current. So not getting, again, not getting too technical. It there, 
the way kind of you kind of borrow some technology from like computer power supplies in a sense because they're called switch mode power supplies so they're they're and there's a lot of a lot of electronics involved but fortunately there fortunately this manufacturer of the controller chip um it did a very good job i'll, I'll give him credit for that uh and then the supporting circuitry because you can get into issues with um Flicker and and some other um, issues with uh, different types of dimmers will react differently. So you, you want to try to have a universal type of system. And there's there's other circuit supporting circuitry like to drive the fan and to and to kind of monitor the heat. So if it, if if it overheats, it shuts down the lamp. So the I would say the the large the, the the challenge was a thermal challenge more than an electronic challenge in a sense, because we had to make sure that we had could keep the LED cool enough and all the parts within top with well within tolerance levels. So they would last long. Uh, so, you know, designing the heat sink and the airflow, which we, we have patented in, in our, in our, in our documents. But um, it took, it took a, a, about a year, year and a half to get it where I, where I liked it to, to, to a stable uh, system that would, that would that would work on almost every dimmer out there. So that's mm -hmm. well, and I think you the supporting circuitry is is what's fundamental to the patented aspect of this. I mean, it's yeah, fine to buy it. It's fine to buy a chip and put it on a board, but it has to be, you know, you have to deal with the filtering and the ringing and yeah, and the, like you said, the fan and that kind of thing. So, you know. I'm not an electronics guy, obviously, but I would say if there's, we're not going to get too into the details of it because that's <laughs> all proprietary, proprietary stuff, which is, it's nice to hear that it was successful and, and worked well. So, Yeah. What would you say the lifespan of the, of the LED chip be in that configuration? Well, the lifespan of the LED itself is rated by the manufacturer of that particular cob. And it's like 50,000 hours guaranteed before it starts losing uh, output and um, and the color temperature shifts a little bit. Uh, there are electronic components that are somewhat temperature dependent in terms of their life lifespan. And that's just, that's just any, there's no way around it. So, you know, the power supply is probably not going to last as long as the <clears throat> excuse me led itself um you can switch the power supply is easy to switch off and so on and so forth but um under normal circumstances in a in a, in a reasonably temperature controlled environment I, I would expect to get off the top of my head doing a quick calculation because we used a uh, long light we, we i went out and found all the long life high temp parts mm -hmm. yeah so even if you take the long life high temp parts and in, and, and in an environment that's reasonably well temperature controlled, you double that. So, you know, you, you could be looking at 30,000 hours on the power supply, you know. Okay. And, and does it make a difference uh, in your experience? And you might not have the answer to that because uh, nobody's tried an LED that long. Um, but would it make a difference in the deterior uh, deterioration over time, over heat and time, if it was ran at let's say thirty percent rather than sixty or ninety, or um, it doesn't? Oh. That, does that make a difference? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Because if you run the lamp at thirty percent, you know the temperature is so you know is quite a bit less inside inside the unit, but. Um, but there's, uh, I know there's a fan that cools off the, the circuitry yes, and, yes. and does that fan, is that, is the speed of that fan related to the intensity of the light or is it full on right off the bat? No, it's, it's full on. It, it slightly adjusts, but not a whole lot at the higher temperature. It's going to turn, it's going to turn a little faster, a little more airflow, but no, it's, it's not really, it, the design was just to come on you know, I'm pretty much full power, even at the lowest dimming setting. Okay. Um, that was more sort of a sim simpler way to do it, I must admit. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you well, know, and if you're yeah. not using your lamp at full power, then you're actually, you know, making it, uh, making it last longer because you still oh, have the full yeah. cooling. 
yeah, yeah, well, and just for some scale, you know, the old bulbs, thousand watt power bulbs were rated at like 800 hours. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, and I've heard that the ones that are being sold now, which are made overseas are lasting for a few hundred hours. So, if you know, they... we have customers. Yeah. We have customers with, with, uh, you know, church customers with 50 foot, you know, high ceilings yeah. and they have to get a scissor lift out to replace them. And, you know, so, and then, and they're using the, they're using the bulbs. Uh, I'm hearing a few hundred hours a week. I mean, so what are we, what are we talking, you know, yeah. <laughs> everyone wants to talk about the life of the led, but in a lot of these environments, you know, there it's going to be, unless there's a component issue that's not related to life, it's going to be, you know, that decade. Right. Yeah. So, and those bulbs uh, coming from overseas, I mean, I've seen bulbs not turn on, you know, or just right, work right. for a few minutes. So yes. <laughs> or yeah. Yeah. So or LEDs. They I'm talking about incandescents. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, that's what I've heard. Oh yeah, we've had some. Oh, bad, uh, we've had some bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. So so, um, and I can also say that uh, we did have a, a unit. We had five or six units sitting in a in a 24 hour a day operation that I won't name who it was, but they ran them for a year. Uh, they were running for at least a year, full blast. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I received them back and you could tell that they had been run. Mm -hmm. I mean, but, uh, they're, I, I did some measurements and they were still putting out the full output wow. as compared to a new, a new lamp. I mean, they had some other damage from being shipped back with no shipping material, which I'm <laughs> still, which I'm still irritated about that <laughs> Wade Wade knows what I'm talking about, but yeah. you know, uh, uh, I was, we're, you know, it seems to be a robust based on that, you know, demo basically of, of a year to 18 months of continuous use. Um, yeah. It's always nice so. to have some experiences like that and, 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 uh, you know, trying out in different, uh, in different environments and, and things like that. It gives you, it tells you a lot about your product. There's uh, there's a dimming question I have, like yeah, we're, sorry, we're going yeah. from analog to digital dimming. Um, in the transition, how does that translate to the LED itself? Are we talking about a certain amount of steps from zero to full, or or is does that work another way? How, you know, what's what do you mean? Well, what do you mean by digital dimming? Like you're talking about more consoles and control. That, that are you speaking more to the console and control side, where there's like boards like that are more digitally oriented in terms of being able well, to. Well, I'm, I'm actually talking about at at the light itself, uh, from from the time because obviously the, the 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 signal coming in is is not an electronic signal; it's an analog signal. You're sending yeah. you're sending voltage, um, and and your circuitry is is translating that voltage to obviously a, a, you know an, an electronic signal. Yeah. Um, so at the output. Is there a certain amount of steps from zero to a hundred, or is is there another thing that I, I don't quite get? How how does the uh, how does that intensity gets tra get translated to the LED itself? Well, back back to speaking of the electronics. Well, again, remember that the this was designed to work on typical dimmers, which are called triac based dimmers. Yeah. So they, you know, depending on the quality of your controller, you know, you could have almost an infinite infinite variation right mm -hmm. from 100 now dmx signaling which is used to control lighting almost universally only has 255 steps yeah. so which was good enough you know and, and it's it's still it's, it's it's still being used today it's it's universal so the circuitry inside the light uh the the, the controller chip that we use has a much uh, finer resolution than 255 steps. So, okay. you, so you're not limited on that side. Now, digital dimming can mean a lot of things. Uh, if you're speaking of like uh, fixtures that are completely LED, like panels that you see a lot of those lights out there and the newer kind of stage lighting LEDs, those are dimmed through a totally different process and a totally different controller scheme. It's called... PWM and yeah, that is digital. Our lights wouldn't work on that 
because ours are from mains AC 120 volt dimming systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, well, yeah. I, yeah, go ahead. I think it's, I think the other, I think it's possible. What you're asking is, is the led cob seeing is the voltage that's being sent to the led cob stepped digitally? Yeah. No, it's not. It's that's, not. that's, yeah, it's, it's always seeing, uh, it's not the, the, the the line input side is not being sampled by our electronics and then and then I see you know being split up into steps. I think that's what you're asking. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Wade, he's yeah. The, there may be there may be stepping from the from the DMX controller to the dimmer pack. Yeah, that that's fine. Yeah. But from the from the dimmer from the dimmer side all the way to the LED emitter, there's no sampling being done. There's okay. no signal digital. There's no DSP process that could result in that stair stepping. If you see stair stepping, it, it could be that the dimmer controller mm-hmm. doesn't have enough resolution and it's, and it's stepping the, the dimmer pack. Yeah. But that's not, that's not happening inside of our lamp. Okay. So your it's lamp, you, the, the, the dimming of your lamp is as smooth as the control to the dimmer can yeah. be. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I'm, this brings me to another question because we all know the um, the, the 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 flicker factor uh, of LED lights uh, in regards to cameras. Um, yes. Now, in your case, how does that translate? Our we we don't have that problem because the controller is what's called a constant current controller. Mm-hmm. So the so the lamp is the the LED is on continuously. Okay, it's not flickering. Right. What's changed is the level of current to the LED. So a lot of other lamps where you see the LED lamps, where you see the flickers, they use a a different scheme to dim it where they're turning it on and off faster or slower. That's called PWM. Yeah. So that it, it's actually kind of an illusion of being dimmed because your eyes don't respond as fast, and they they it's basically turning off on and off a light switch. It's very slow, very fast, whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't that that we do not use that that technology. And, and again, it's constant current, so it, the LEDs on constantly at whatever level you set for it. Uh, so just, you will never see the flicker. Yeah. I've just learned something because I thought all LEDs worked. Uh, you know, the intensity of an LED was controlled by the uh, the, the flicker rate, and uh, so in this case, we're really uh, we're we're really dealing with with voltage and not not flicker. So you're uh, sure. The first time I, I see that that an LED is full fully on, and I'm pretty sure that the LEDs in our houses. Uh, that operate with regular dimmers probably work on in, in the same manner, right? They may be constant current as well. Uh, it, in some ways, it's a little less expensive to do const, uh, a constant current than it is P, the other kind of what's yeah. called PWM because you have to have a microcontroller in there and, and so on and so forth. But no, I, it, I've seen, I've seen them both ways. I, so I don't know which on, you know, when they're making 10,000 or um, well, a million of these lamps for Home Depot, I don't know what's cheaper for them to make it, what technology they choose. But uh, a lot, yes, you'll, you'll see a lot of LED lamps that have the, the, the what you call flicker, which, which switching them on and off real fast. But uh, oh, it kind of, well, and, and, and to, 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 take that out to the customer side of things. You know, a lot of our customers are moving to streaming in the church arena. They're moving to providing a a live stream of their events and services and so forth. And so that's been a big factor. You know, we've seen a lot of, a lot of um, these venues upgrading their technology to led because now they're not just lighting the seats or the house or whatever. They're actually now need to provide a high quality, reliable light source to 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 be able to broadcast live whatever they're doing and and that's where it comes in with this seeing the flickering on camera you know that's a big that's a big big uh, question um and and we're we're able to address that need sorry i'm i turn it back to some to a bit of a a bit of a sales pitch but if it's relevant to 
you know, try to make it, you know, uh, make sense for, for someone. Who's information listening. is information, you know? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's the CRI on that fixture? Uh, right now we can offer, uh, depending on the color temperature, we can offer 90 plus wow. CRI. Okay. Um, they're, they're getting into a little bit of the technology of how the LEDs are made. Um, you, you, you can get a little bit more output with a lower CRI, uh, LED emitter. So, yeah. um, because of the way they apply, um, some phosphors to, in front of the, mm-hmm. uh, actual light source. So, um, we do, you know, typically for general lighting, the 80 CRI unit is more than adequate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, we can do 2,700 K in 80 or 90, uh, 3,080 or 90 for 3,580 or 90, 3,500. I said that 4,000. And then when you get into 5,600, they don't, we don't have an 80 CRI unit because it's, it's already so bright that you might as well, um, you know, do the 90 plus yeah. uh, CRI. Uh, a, co- a couple so. of the color temperatures are available as high as 98, I remember, but I don't. They are, they are. We, if, if, if we've had a few customers request that and um, we can do that, but with the supply chain situation, it, it can be very, cha- it can be challenging to get those parts. Um, but, you know, if, if, if somebody wants a 97 or 98 plus CRI uh, LED, we, we can do that. Haven't yeah, met definitely. anybody yet that requested that, but good to know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I've seen, we've had, a, I think I want to say two or three customers and they were, they were doing real high end video, um, uh, you know, in the, in the film industry, uh-huh. big time stuff. Uh, you know, to me, if this is only my personal opinion. There's a little bit of, of, um, perceptional and, and, and kind of legacy thoughts about the CRI thing. I, my understanding, I'm not a digital the cinematographer or anything, but my understanding is the cameras are so good now that they can white balance, um, you know, and, and it's never, uh, never a problem. But uh, again, it go, goes back to the reflector discussion and, and custom stuff. If, if you, if someone has a need, uh, you know, let us know and we'll, we'll try to figure out how to get it done. Cool. Bottom line. So going off the technology thing now, uh, I want to talk about you guys, your brothers, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to ask a stupid question. How long have you been brothers? <laughs> For my whole life. Which is which is a, 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 you know a detoured way to ask your ages. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm over fifty. <laughs> I, I I will I will be very soon. Put it that way. Okay. <laughs> fifty years, almost half a century, right? It's it's yeah, yeah, getting there. Yeah. Well, I'm almost sixty, so I hear you. <laughs> yeah so and um how did you get to to doing what you're doing now i mean there's you know after 50 years of uh of life there's there's a hell of a background there uh can you tell me how you how you got to where you where you're, you are now well why through luck i don't know no uh, <laughs> um i we were in uh we were both in information technology field for a while doing you know supporting computers and networks and fixing people's printers when they jammed the paper in mm-hmm. which um sort of I, I kind of followed eli into that only because it was it was paying pretty well at the time you know if you could spell computer spell network you could get a job you know yeah. back in the early 90s late 90s you know everyone needed a guy who could fix computers uh kind of kind of did our run with that and then we got into engineering um uh sort of a development and design engineering and a little bit of management engineering i made the transition going from high information technology to engineering through to through a job change at ucla and uh then i went on to a commercial position doing product development support um and then I came up with this idea and I've kind of always, I've always puttered around with side jobs or trying to get a company off the ground, you know, want to work for yourself. It's, it has its benefits, it has its drawbacks, but 
this was a project that sort of was again to fulfill a need for me and then and then Eli can tell you how he joined. I mean, I needed some help doing some drawings for CAD, CAD modeling. So he got involved and then he had some job. Well, he can go in. He had some job changes too. And then we decided to put a little more effort into this. And anyway, that's how we got here. And again, you know, we, we've done, done, we do other things on the side as well. And, you know, um, but I guess through the interest of designing and, and engineering and electronics, I've always been interested in electronics. It's always kind of been a little hobby of mine from, oh gosh, uh, junior high school. I, I think I took an electronics class just for some odd reason or something. Mm -hmm. And then uh, always, always been designing loads. I, I, I was into audio uh, speakers for a while and we, we've been, we, me and a other friend have been trying to start get something off the ground, but that's, you know, the profit margins, uh, the money's not there. So it's more, that's always been more of a hobby, but this kind of took off and, you know, we, we, we've sold uh, 4,000 units or something, uh, something or 3,800 units. So, you know, it, it definitely was a product that met, met the market, but anyway, Eli had some, some of his life story to tell him. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, similar background early on, I guess, with it stuff which um and then i got out of that went back to school um got a master's degree and then that led me into the medical device world for a while and um yeah wade has always had a probably a bit more of an entrepreneurial motivation than i than i have um be it speakers or you know several companies and doing other things and i i kind of wanted a more stability i guess for a long time anyway and then uh, we both, but we found ourselves, um, both of us out of work at the same time uh, for about six months, I want to say, which, when, which when gave, was that? gave, that was at the beginning of 2015. Uh, so, so the, I had uh, the, the place I was working on at was sold to a much larger company and they, they, they laid a lot of people off. I mean, it was very, pretty straightforward layoff type mm -hmm. of thing. So the timing was right to kind of spend some time focusing on this. I, I remember I came down to visit uh, and saw what he was doing. And he said, oh, can you help me do some drawings for this part? And I looked at this thing and I said, there's no way that you can make it this way. I, I often approach projects that way. Somebody shows me something. I'm like, it's going to cost you so much money to do it this way. We got to, you got to not do it this way. And that was, um, if you, rec and then, so we talked about that and toyed around with, uh, uh, some other ideas of how to package the lamp. Um, and then, um, from there, it's been a, been a, uh, we kind of joked about, Oh, did you go to, I remember you the, a couple of weeks ago, Wade, you made a joke about when did I go to business school? And I said, well, you know, the last few years it's like i didn't need to go to business school we're doing you know you have yeah. to set up you have to set up a business you have to deal with the, all of the back end back end stuff aside and and the engineering stuff so um you know it's it's that's sort of the the a, a not a very well put together story but that's the basics of of and again we we initially approached this with there was really no competitors at at the time and we figured, well, we'll make 500 of them. You know, if we sell half of them, okay, we'll, we'll be okay. If we don't, we, we won't be, you know, out, we won't be on the street. Um, so let's, you know, take that risk and, and see, see where it goes. And, um, you know, to, to, and to speak to taking risks, fortunately, Wade and I are, are from our family background and our socioeconomic background can afford to, take these kinds of risks and, 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 um, that's a big part of it. I, I'm not sure how many discussions you have with business owners, but you know, that, that, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be minimized. I mean, you're welcome to edit this as you, as you wish, but we, we were in a position of financial stability, supporting family support that, that, that a lot of people do not have yeah. and, and struggle with. So that, that's a big, a big factor. Um, you know, I could, I could be out of work for a year or be on unemployment or do side jobs and not lose my house or my, you know, that kind of thing. That so it makes a big difference. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's people, people often tell these entrepreneurial success stories and I, I'm 
I'm not sure ours is a success story necessarily quite yet, but, but they, you know, that, that's a, that, that some of that background kind of gets, gets, doesn't get talked about. So sure. We took a risk, but you know, it, it was a calculated risk well, <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I'm always more, I'm always very impressed with, uh, entrepreneurial stories, whether they're successful or not from people that don't have those advantages that, that we have. Certainly we started at a, at a level that, um, that, that launched us to be, to be able to do this. So that that's well, important. the other solution is finding a partner who is financially stable and, and can, you know, help start the, uh, the company. Yes, that that's, that's true. And we, we are involved in some other projects uh, along those lines that, that, um, you know, hopefully we'll, maybe we'll be able to have another chat about you know, the to. next six months or so. Cool. Um, but, yeah. but anyway, my, my point is that, you know, it's, it's the, a lot of these stories are about people struggling by their bootstraps and doing all this stuff. And sure there, there's some of that for us, but, but let's all be, recognized that we that we 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 start at a, at a certain place that that many people cannot so that that's always and, been helpful and, and we we'd supported our we we supported and support ourselves with other work you know we do the of course, uh, of course. engineering which can pay pay pretty reasonably well uh, yes absolutely. absolutely in fact the company that i used to work for that i was let go of still actually hires my brother <laughs> to, <laughs> and now they're talking to me about doing some consulting work as well so it's wow. it's you know it's, it's it's you have to have a different income streams and flexible income streams because you know uh, with this um you know the risk of having a you know some big company come out and just say okay we're just going to make 10 million of these things and put them on the shelf for our dealers at at a at 100 bucks a piece you know in this economy of scale and then you know we're we're kind of we're, that might end the show for us but you know there's niche well, markets and we, uh, we've you know we have we have gone not not directly but through our dealers we have gone head to head with some of those products we have and we have, have and have been chosen you know, either either we're we're either at a lower price point or we're at a higher price point. But we're we're holding our own against yeah some some heavy hitters. Um, you know, so I'm I'm happy about that for sure. Uh, you know, yeah, so how many yeah, units have you produced so far? Um, we're 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 getting up to four thousand something oh. like that over the over the last three or four years. Um, so, you know, it's, it is, it is a proven design. I, I can definitely at, at, at every level <laughs> it's, it's, you know, from the cost, from the, from the manufacturing procedures, um, you know, it's, it's out there and it's being used quite a bit. Um, so, so that's, that's good to see. And, um, concerning the assembly, are you doing that yourselves or are you outsourcing the assembly or? No, we, we have a manufacturing partner that, um, makes the circuit board assemblies, stuffs the boards, and they also do the final assembly okay. and, uh, te and testing and burn in procedure for, for us. And, um, so no, that that's, we, we had a discussion very early on about whether we wanted to be a manufacturing company or not. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we, we may get there someday, but no, at the, at, at, the, at this point, no, we, we, that's, it's not made in our garage. It's, it's made in a, <laughs> in a fully, in fact, it's a, it's a made at a location that also makes, um, aerospace, uh, equipment and other high end, yeah. real high end stuff. It's all in California, um, right? This is it's all in California. Okay. Um, it, it, the the standard products are ETL rated, so there is an inspection process that happens on a regular basis, which is a whole other story. Well, the ETL um, uh, the ETL thing is is a is a big deal for us anyway. Uh, it, I'm, it, I'm in it Canada. Is, it it is. is a big deal yeah. for us. You wouldn't believe yes. the problems we have. Uh, you know, getting fixtures and getting electrical equipment. Uh, approved manufacturers don't want to go through the trouble of having oh, uh, the yeah. ETL certification because you know obviously there's a lot of uh, sale uh, sale points where you don't need that. Um, right. So right. you know, being in Canada uh, for us, it makes a hell of a difference. Yeah, it, it's it's good to hear that because it is a, it is 
it's painful from a business perspective. It's not painful <laughs> from a tech, from a technical and engineering side. Our product, the prototype, passed first time, no problems, no issues. I, there, nothing. I mean, it was it was designed and it worked the first time. That's the easy part. Yeah, dealing with the <laughs> certification, right. dealing with the certification, you know, back end administrative stuff. That's that's where it's a it's. And now we're getting, I'm getting, going to get opinionated because if you bring up ETL, I'm going to get, get <laughs> yeah, very opinionated. Not so much. But, you know, in, in, in some regards, it's a barrier to market, particularly for small companies. That's my issue with them. They, they are putting up barriers to market entry for small companies. And, and I don't think it's necessarily intentional, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that, that you have to factor that in. It, it's, it's a, it's a, in terms of waiting a new product, it's a, it's a big part of a new, getting a product out there. Uh, As you mentioned, some companies just side, try to sidestep the whole ETL thing anyway. They don't even bother with it because uh, there's a lot of applications where they don't care. But yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a significant hill to climb in, a, in a getting products. And and again, fortunately, ours had only minor issues that we had to deal with, but a lot of, a lot of products that are otherwise good are get stuck in that process and they kind of never make it out and they have to redesign it and then retest it, redesign and retest it. And then by that time, the market's passed them by, but I've, yeah. I've heard of situations like that. Uh, but you know, it's, it, as much as the certification uh, companies and being that they're private are kind of a pain in the ass and, and, you know, they have to worry about their bottom line as well. And I have definitely have my disputes there. At least, at least you have somebody somewhere looking at it and making sure it's not going to kill somebody or catch fire and burn the house down. So you, you, you have a little bit of uh, faith in the system that uh, there isn't that it, as long as it is being inspected, you're sort of competing on an even playing field because you know, there can be situations where, well, a lot of situations where they can't use the a non-rated product in 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 a in an installation. And, yeah, um, yeah, so. indeed. Uh, the only the only way we found a, a workaround, if you're using an uh, a, um, an uncertified piece of equipment, is to sell it as a part, and then it becomes the installer's responsibility to, to get the whole installation approved. Yeah. Yeah, and they have would have to go through a different inspection process of like building and safety and whatever the equivalent yeah. is. And yeah, we have CSA Canada. over here. Yeah. yeah, and building safety and the fire department. And, and, you know, fire department, there was a project we were actually working on or bidding on, and they didn't do the proper certifications in another part of the project. This was a church down here in, in, in local to me. And so they just basically wrapped, they just abandoned the whole project, which kind of sucked for us because, you know, ours were rated, but the, but anyway, the yeah, other, because the fire department came and said, no, you, we're, we're never going to, we're never going to allow you to do this. Yeah. And, you know, um, but it's, uh, yeah, there's an entire, uh, there's an entire career uh, and, and people that are specifically uh, involved in uh, certification engineering. Mm. Excuse me, let me close the door. Oh. Well, anyway, we're we're getting close to the end, so uh, sure. <laughs> we're all good. Um, so I just want to talk about uh, your your website, which is onsiteled.com. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. Yeah, right. it yep. has all our information about our products. We have a contact page there, and uh, we'll be announcing, you know, any new product announcements uh, will be posted there, you know, and, and we get a lot of our business prospects come from them finding that website through, uh, you know, Google searches and so on for, for LED par lamps. And well, so that's they how can, I found it. Yeah. So they can write exactly. So they can fill out the contact form and then we'll respond usually the same day or within 24 hours and set up, you know, get a conversation going and talk about what the people, what, what the project is, what they're trying to do and just make sure that, our application, our product fits the application, and then uh, send a demo out, play around with it, 
beat it up. See if it doesn't yeah. work for you, we don't want to sell it to you. We don't want you. To <laughs> there you go. And anybody in Canada. Yeah. In Canada as well, we ship up there as yeah. well. Yeah. Anybody in Canada wants to try it right now, just contact me through backstagecowboys.com. I have a sample. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, I was going to say um, something. Oh, we have Instagram, Facebook. Of course, we have to be there. Yeah. So sure. come and uh, check that out. I, I, I try to post something once a week, you know, usually a, a project that we've done. And, and, you know, if you call or email, you'll probably talk to me. <laughs> which is another thing i tell people that you know if you have an issue or you want to talk about a technical problem or a technical question about our products you call you're gonna get you're gonna talk to either myself or wade most likely there so. you go talk to the people behind the product yeah Pretty much, yeah absolutely directly absolutely. well guys it, it was a great interview i'm very thrilled about this thank you very much guys once again thank you for have a great day guys thank you very much yeah, once all again. right and, Thank uh, you very much. We'll talk soon. Take care. Okay. okay. Thanks, Claude. All right. Take it easy. Bye bye. The Backstage Cowboys podcast is brought to you by AVL Media Group and Avolites, who make the best lighting consoles in the world. If you live in Canada, you now have access to the Avolites Academy online learning platform. The cost is $229, and that includes an editor Avo key delivered directly to your door. Head on over to BackstageCowboys.com and click on the Avolites Academy logo to get all the details.